Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I am pretty well. How are you? Doing all right. Doing not too bad. Just kind of hanging out. Not too much going on these days, but enjoying the summer. Some nice weather. Good, good. So, Snow nice. Jones, you're obviously out in Alberta. I'll be out there in a month and a bit. I cannot wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. We're we're gonna have in person podcasts again, and uh, we've already made plans to uh, rent out a room at the uh, Calgary Public Library. So that should be good. Yeah, which, the library is there. Sick. Uh, yeah, I'm stoked. We haven't done I think an episode recorded like both of us together in a year. Yeah, and maybe, and before may, that, maybe was, a little less than a year, but yeah, a year. It's been about a year, and then before that, it was also probably a year. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely a change of pace since like our school days where we like where we lived in the same city. Well, yeah, like and when we and realistically, like, the shows have gotten much better. I think since the, the early days, the early episodes, yeah, definitely, we were struggling to fill the the thirty or whatever minutes we had to fill uh, each week. So it's gotten a lot better, but definitely looking forward to have another one uh, live. But. Uh, other than that, Stanley Cup Finals going on. Um, obviously, Tampa Bay Lightning down 2-0 in the series right now and just getting absolutely slapped by the Colorado Avalanche. You love nice to see. You love to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really do. Like, as much as we were like, oh, you know, it was a little 
nervous about Tampa because they've been so resilient all playoffs. Um, they are just getting absolutely dominated out there. And it's different than like the, the New York series when they went down 2-0 uh, on the road. And it's like, you know, you're still a bit nervous because Tampa's, you know, Tampa's Tampa and the Rangers, I don't think we're that good a team. But down 2-0 to the Colorado Avalanche right now, I don't see any way Tampa can come back in this one. You know, all Colorado needs one thing to win this series, and they need to win one game in Tampa Bay. That's all it is. That is quite literally the only thing that Colorado needs to win this series. Yeah. I mean, the entire playoff run, I know we kind of maybe downplayed it a bit going into the finals just because of the quality of the opponents. But what is it? Two, three, two losses all playoffs? Yeah. 13 and two, maybe 14 and two, 14 and two now. 14 and two now. Like it's been ridiculous. And you have to remember too, that like these two games of Tampa right now, like they're missing Sam Gerrard, one of their top four defensemen, and they're missing their number two center right now in Nazem Kadri. And keep in mind the two losses they had came in the same series against St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. They, they sweep Nashville, drop two to St. Louis, sweep the Oilers. And now they're up 2-0 on the two time defending champs. I mean, what, what an unbelievable team. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, we haven't really – this Colorado team has been in the making for a few years, and they've had this core group for at least three or four seasons. Well, it, it's one of those, like, I, I think there's, there's such an interesting team to look at in terms of, like, how dominant they are now. And then you look just five years ago, that was one of the worst regular seasons I think any team has ever had and how they've just built from that. And they built from it by great drafting, but also great pro scouting and getting some great players at really low costs, like Devon Taves uh, for two seconds is unbelievable value. They bring in Andre Burakovsky. They take advantage of Washington's cap crunch. They've just surrounded their core with the perfect pieces. Valerie Nachushkin, who was kind of written off after Dallas, um, a perfect two-way winger for them. Nazem Kadri basically run out of Toronto. Like they just found a way to get excellent value uh, everywhere you look. Absolutely, and you know, like everyone's everyone's been playing their best games, and that's 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 super important. And they've got a fantastic coach in Jared Bednar that's really able to kind of reel everyone in because they do have. Uh, quite a few like star players that could make a case for top 10, top 15 NHL players. And that's, that's always like the main struggle as a coach is when you have all these big, big pieces is managing your dressing room, managing everything. So credit where credit is due there. And yeah, Joe Sackett just built an unbelievable franchise. Well, like squad that's, it's looking like it's going to be the 2022 Stanley cup champion. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think too, like you mentioned all like the, the, the top players they have, like their McKinnon's and the Rantanen's and the cars. And they're all like, you said it like top 10 players in the league, but they just don't have that like star player ego. Right. Like they understand. I don't think hockey works when you have those kind of egos because you just, it's not like a basketball where two or three guys can get it done. Like you need a team effort, right? You just can't have that mentality of it's, it's all about me. I don't think it works. Right. 
And I think the, the avalanche embody that perfectly. Um, but the whole series too, and the whole run itself, like I'm just looking at this Colorado team and what they're doing is they're, first of all, like they're in great shape going into next year too, right? They're in a great spot. Yeah. Uh, like that core is going to be able to stick around for a while with the contracts. The other thing too, is the contracts, they've locked some guys up to some fantastic deals and that helps a lot. Uh, McKinnon, his contract, McCarr on his contract uh, that he just signed. And what they're doing is they're, they're setting the bar for the rest of the league. So like really your only worry is how much is McKinnon going to make on the next contract? Yeah. And you'll, you'll get a, you'll get a pay raise for sure. But you I won't think, be, you won't be the most paid player in the NHL. That's a guarantee. No, he, he won't be that. And I think they still have, like they still have cap room. They still have the flexibility to add around them. And they got enough guys that are UFAs this year that they can let them walk and look for some, cheaper alternatives that still they're they're going to be a very good team my question for you though is what do the Florida Panthers have to do to reach this level to play like the Colorado Avalanche what are they missing I um it's it's tough um I don't think it's a goalie I think they're good goalie wise uh I think you're probably trying to bolster your um defense I think that's for me, that's probably the main thing you're trying to do is trying to get six defensemen who can just be on all the time, anytime, and just be dominant. And I think that's what they missed against Tampa Bay. They were having trouble, you know, like defensively and that kind of stuff. Um, and very clearly, uh, Ben Schrott was not the answer. No, um, no not. but you know, you, you look at it, Colorado and, and you said it even without Sam Gerard, they still got Makar, Byram, uh, Manson, Taze. Taze. That's an excellent top four. And then you've got the two Johnsons. Like it, it, it's hard. It's hard to compete with that. If you're any team, even Tampa Bay, you're probably looking at, you know, they, they can't, it's probably the best defensive core in the NHL right now. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent in my and mind. And that's without that's without Sam Gerrard. Yeah, it, with Sam Gerrard, undoubtedly, like, I don't think it's a question. And, and I, you know, I I think that Tampa Bay's tactic, for the most part, and why they've been so successful is they were able to bully teams into victories. Well, we've, we've talked a lot about how, you know, how scum right. Tampa Bay is. Well, right. Like they, they've been able to bully people, but it's hard to bully someone if you can't catch up to them. And I think this is exactly what we're seeing in the Colorado series is Colorado's just too good, too fast, too smooth. And they evade Tampa and especially Tampa's defense, which is a little less mobile than probably the average defense in the league. It's. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, and and I think if 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 you're for Florida, if you're Bill Zito, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for, a, you know that that's what we thought we had a team that was fast enough, silky enough, to get past these kinds of obstacles, and obviously was not the case against Tampa. And I think a lot of that is their defensive ability to play hockey. 
And I think it'll be really interesting to see how, how they adapt in the off season with, with uh, the draft coming up first and then free agency. I'm still trying to figure out the revised dates for this off season. Although I'm pretty sure it's going back to regular dates next season with being free agency. I think this year it's like July 21st or something. Yeah. It's something random. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think that's probably what you're looking at if you're Bill Zito is trying to fix that that puzzle. But uh, I'll be really interested to see what happens. Yeah. Well, and you, you mentioned goaltending is like, okay, if I'm comparing the two rosters, the Avalanche and the Panthers, like I think offensively, they're pretty close, right? Yeah. Uh, in the goaltending, I also think they're pretty close. Like I don't think Darcy Kemper, anyone's making a case for him being like a top five goalie in the league. Because I just I don't think he is, but he's a good goalie. I right? don't, yeah, no. but Sergey Bobrovsky is a good goalie as well. Yeah, I, I'd say, to be honest, I'd say they're pretty much on the same level. Yeah, I think they're on the same level. The issue becomes there has been some talk about the Panthers looking to move Bobrovsky, mainly just because of his contract. Like I think Bobrovsky is making five million a year. I think you're not even thinking about trading him at this point. But moving that contract purely just to give you the flexibility to maybe make an improvement on defense. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. Uh, you look at Montreal and Vegas, which the, oh, yeah. the two teams, they partook in a, a trade earlier this week, uh, sending Weber to Vegas, or I guess Weber's contract to Vegas for Evgeny Dadanov, who... Panthers legend. Panthers legend um, was... Uh, falsely traded to uh, Anaheim. At I'm, I'm shocked, by the way, that he had Anaheim on his no-trade list and not Montreal. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I would tend to agree. Um, I mean, I would love to play hockey in Anaheim. Yeah, Although, right? you want to know what? I hear the city of Anaheim isn't, like, the best place. When I hear the traffic getting to the Honda Center is bad. I don't, but... I don't think that would be a concern for players. No, no, but like if I was, I don't know. If I'm a player though, like, yeah, whatever. Like, you get the beach, like the warm weather, like, I, I wouldn't complain. No, exactly. You have enough money that you can avoid the the less desirable areas. And um, you don't have like a toxic fan base either that's, you know. No, exactly. Nobody gives a shit. Exactly. So, yeah, like, anyways, I, you know, I'm getting that enough weird choice, but, you know, whatever. He's in Montreal now. But yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see if, if Florida, you know, looks at. Even Flurry, Flurry last off season. Yeah, you know what if they just gave Bobrovsky away to someone? Well, that's the thing is like, what's it going to cost to give Bobrovsky away? How much do you have to retain? Who wants to, you know, take on that contract? You're probably looking at a team with cap space and not looking to contend. But but at the same time, at the same time, you get a two-time Wesna winning. Uh, I think I just said Wesna. You did. That was good. That was awful. What's the what's the Looney Tunes character that has a speech impediment? Daffy Duck. No, the other guy, the guy that hunts Bugs Bunny. Oh, Yosemite Sam. Is that him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that was a Yosemite Samism. Um, but, uh, yes, you get a two-time Vesna winning goalie. Is like you like 
you're trading to a team that's not going to be competing. Well, does a team that's not going to be competing really need to spend that much money on that goalie, no matter how good the return is? Yeah. Like the return would have to be really good to take on that contract if you're a bad team. Yeah. I don't think it's I, an unmovable deal though. I think you'd have, you'd have more luck going for a middle of the pack team that doesn't necessarily have a goalie. That's like close to the cap or a team that thinks maybe they're a year or two away. Like if, if I'm, this is just, this is the first team that came to mind. If I'm Edmonton, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm seeing what could work. Yeah. The issue is then you got to probably take money back. Is they're yeah. right up against it. Well, and I, and I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. You're probably going to have so to take... much. It's so much money that you're going to have to take money back anyways. It's just, can you get something useful? That's a little bit less money. And you're not like, you're not trading for Duncan Keith here. Like, you're I not hope be not. An idiot. No, I don't think so. But not that that didn't work out for Edmonton. Obviously it did, but. Oh, I'd say in spite <laughs> of him, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm super curious to see if there's a trade, what it's going to look like. My, I, I would say that it's not going to happen. I don't think there'll be a trade. I think we're going to keep Bobrovsky. But I'm very interested to see, and if any leaks come out of what potential trades could look like, what... Um, what the Panthers are maybe looking at right now, I th- I'd, I'd be really curious. Yeah. And, it, and it's such a difficult spot because he is a good goalie. He was one of their better players in the playoffs, but I don't think it's enough to justify keeping a goalie signed to that much money when you need to improve other areas of your roster. Right. And I think if you want to improve that defense or you want to keep some of your forwards around like Mason Marchment, you're going to need to move that contract. And then, yeah, I agree. I think the defense needs to be, not drastically overhauled, but I yeah I think they're one or two defensemen away, the Panthers because Aaron Ekblad's like a top defenseman, but he's no Kale McCarr, right? Mackenzie Weegar's a top defenseman, but he's not Devon Taves, right? Like they're all just like a little bit downgrades over what the Abs have. And when you talk about the Panthers in the playoffs, and I know, you know they they throw up like three goals against Tampa Bay in that series, right? It's not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. But your forwards alone are not responsible for the offense. It's the defense jumping up in the rush. Like you look at Colorado last night, they got an even strength goal from a defenseman. They got a power play goal from a defenseman and they got a shorthanded goal from a defenseman. Like your defense, it has to be a five man unit. And I think Florida, I think their defense, if they can get closer to what Colorado has on defense, then your offense is going to come. Exactly. Like, I I think it's like, the Panthers were built, right? And we've said this all along. They were built to win game 6-5. Yeah. I would love to see them be built to win games 6-1. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we've got to get closer to. I think that as long as you keep that forward core intact and you don't change that up too much, you've got your six goals. But defensively is where you need yeah. to create that that um that change that improvement yeah like yeah i think you just need yeah some good active two-way d that can get your puck towards the puck and that can get the puck out of your own zone when it's there that's what you need 
And that's where I'm looking. I don't have anyone, you know, in mind at the moment um, in terms of someone I'd want brought in. But I think the focus definitely has to be on the defense and you might have to take a chunk out of your goaltending or your offense to make that happen. But I think you got to prioritize it if you're the Panthers. Yeah. And that being said, like you get, it'll depend on what happens with the coaching situation. I think we'll talk about this after the break, but that'll be really interesting to see how that affects how the, the roster construction. Well, why don't we just get right into that then? Uh, okay. I'll do the quick ad read here from our good friends over at DraftKings, and then we'll get right back into talking about some coaching stuff. So hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during these playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, coaching. We've talked a lot about it uh, on the show because it's one of the big focal points of the offseason was – uh, the coaching of Andrew Burnett down the stretch in the playoffs wasn't great, right? But he is a first-time NHL coach. Uh, one of the guys we looked at we thought would be a really good option to replace him would be Bruce Cassidy, who then very promptly after our episode signed to be the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, very on brand for them, I think. It's a good fit. Yep. Um, and then, not that this is someone we wanted in the Panthers, but John Tortorella then shortly after going to the Philadelphia Flyers. What? What is the Philadelphia Flyers organization? I don't. I think if you asked them, they wouldn't have an answer for you either. Uh, Because they like the the Tortorella move doesn't necessarily surprise me that much. I think it's very on brand for Philly hockey. Oh, it's so on brand. What surprises me is the amount of term they gave him. I can tell you right now, he's not going to last four years in Philly. I don't think anyone can. The amount of fucking money. Oh, yeah. They're giving him $4 million a year. Yeah, that's that's about right. Like that, like to me, it is insane that you can give this coach this much money. I I don't think it's going to work out for them. I I don't think it's going to work out, but I think it's tough because I like the fit of Tortorella on the Flyers because it just seems like so on brand, but I think that Flyers roster is just a mess. Exactly. Right. Like I, I like, and I don't know if John Tortorella is screaming at them, if they're going to respond well to that or poorly to that. I don't know. Like, it, I don't know if I'm Philly right now. I think my move would have been to hire Jeff Blashill and just tank for the next three seasons. Like, honestly, like the show that he can do that. They're currently, they're in that like limbo spot where like, 
like San Jose used to be there. Minnesota used to be there where they're like, kind, they're not terrible, but they're not good. They're, they're in that. And, and they're, they're ride or die guy is Carter Hart. Oh yeah. That's kind of who the team is built around. And I feel like he will not be in his prime for another two to four years. Yeah. So this is the time to rebuild. Well, and I think the, the issue with you get though, rid of Giroux, like, like this is the time. Don't you know? Uh, yeah, I would tear it down if I were them. I think the big, like the biggest issue Philly has is that they've drafted horrendously. Yeah. Right, and they've had guys that have kind of had one or two seasons where they pop like these young players, and then they kind of just fade away. Like Travis Konechny, a year ago had a really good season. This year, you know, I know there's some injuries and stuff, but not really much there. Ivan Provorov used to look like, you know, a budding star. And he was MIA last year. Yeah. And like Gost is bare. Like his first season in Philly was the next coming of Christ. Yeah. I mean, maybe not to, maybe not to that, to that extent, but, and then they end up having to pay to get rid of him. Well, I also think that's just like pro man because I think Shane Gossesper is an absolutely fine defenseman. He is. But they just, uh, for some reason, thought no. And instead, instead, they pay a ton of money or money, assets or whatever, to Buffalo for Rasmus Ristolainen and then re-sign the guy. And they brought in Ryan Ellis too, noted player with a lot of injuries, who unsurprisingly was injured for most of the year. That was the only move I was okay with. I was okay with it, and I still thought it was a big risk with his injuries. That being said, they traded away Phil Myers in that trade, and Phil Myers ended up ended like I, I'm not sure what's up with him. I I I was I was very high on the guy, and it just did not pan out. I mean, it's he's very young; it's not over, but it's not. Looking and, great. It's not looking great. Yeah. Right, and I think the issue is like I think it's like I like Joel Farabee. Yeah, for sure. Like I like him, but you look at some of the guys they've got. Like they've, they're just kind of meh. They really are, right? And I just, I like Travis Santom too, by the way. Uh, but yes, to me, yes. yeah, I think they just got to do better. As and a I team. think, I think the biggest loser in all of this is most probably Cam Atkinson. Well, he seemed pretty excited though. Oh, did he? Yeah. Why? Uh, Torts is his guy. Why? Well, I think it's Cam Atkinson to me. Like, he's an undersized player, so he probably had to work his ass off to get to the league anyways. So he probably yeah. appreciates having a hard-ass coach. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, he seems like the type of guy who would jive with Torts. And Torts would like him. Yeah. No, I can't I can't wait to see that. It's gonna. I think it's going to be a tire fire in Philly, and I'm all for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm looking forward to it. Now, it's going to be awesome. That brings us to the Florida Panthers and their coaching. So we know Andrew Burnett, obviously in the mix, but some other names being tossed around to fill the head coaching job, Barry Trotz, Pete DeBoer, Travis Green, and Rick Tockett. Are you a fan of the list? Or should we just go through each one and talk about the pros and cons? (laughs) I have a feeling that some of them are not even going to have pros. Uh, most of them won't. Okay. <laughs> and let's, let's, start, let's start with the incumbent, Andrew Burnett. 
I, it's a tough spot. You know, we've, we've talked. It's tough. Very little experience. And you're, you know, I, I think the, the, the reason I, I, I think that the only reason that Andrew Brunette is not a lock for this job is the Panthers' window of opportunity to win it all. Yeah, I can see that. You know, if uh, let's take Montreal's example. Marty yeah. St. Louis comes in, never coached higher than Pee Wee before. Yeah. Crushes it. No brainer to bring him back because if you're Montreal, you're not expecting to win it all. You're If you don't finish last again, you'll be happy. Yeah, no, I agree. So it's like... Actually, actually no, actually, no. Next year's the Connor Bedard year. If you finish last, you're probably thrilled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that's the main thing that is hurting Andrew Brunette is his lack of experience at the head coaching position in the NHL and the fact that the Panthers need to win now. Yeah. And if you need to win now, you're probably go you're probably better off going with the safer option, the one that has experience, the one that's done it before. Yeah. No, I think like when I'm looking at Andrew now, I'm thinking like the pros are the players liked him. The team didn't really regress under him in the regular season, right? He seems, you know, like a good he seems like a good enough coach, but it is hard to tell with such a good roster. In terms of the cons, it's the lack of experience. And I think the way the team bowed out in the playoffs, they didn't really show much fight. And exactly. I'm looking and I'm looking to the head coach to try to light a fire. And I know he tried, but he just wasn't able to. And exactly. So I don't know if that's he, he more does, of a... he, he more or less gives off the vibe of mm. being mm. too nice. Yeah, but the thing is like I don't know if that's what the team needs. Like I know he tried like with the Duclair scratching and stuff and like but I don't know if it's a him issue or a player's issue that there wasn't any fire. I don't know if it was him doing everything it could to try and spark something and they didn't respond uh, or if he just doesn't have that ability. It's, it's really hard to tell. I agree. Like, I think there's just a lot of like, I don't know enough about Andrew Burnett as a coach. Exactly. And, th- and you want to know what I don't, like, I will be thrilled if, if they keep him. That's the thing. Like, I'm not like I'm not for or against it, right? Like, I'm I'm like, in terms of if we're ranking candidates that are remaining, he would be up there, right? In terms of people, I would want to be the coach behind the bench next season. But if it's someone else, I'm not upset unless it's. I mean, depends on who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess we'll bring into our next candidate here, uh, a guy I know you're a really big fan of, Pete DeBoer. What the fuck? No, no. Right. Why? Why? Like, why? Like, I get that you're doing your due diligence and you're hiring everyone. Like, you're, sorry, interviewing everyone. Just like Minnesota a while back, um, it was the, or no, Chicago. Just like Chicago interviewed Peter Shirelli for the GM spot. I love that they made such a big deal about how thorough their search was going to be. And they just hired, like, the guy who was doing the job in the intern. By the way, that is Philadelphia and Chicago are in the same no, actually, Chicago Chicago is about to become the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. They're about to switch spots. 
Uh, yeah. Chicago is an absolute gong show right now. I think they're going about their rebuild in the worst way imaginable. Yeah. I I don't I don't understand what they're doing, but yes, like they do the this extensive GM search. They they interview a guy that was working in the MLB. Like they they really did everything, and then they just hire the same dude. Classic and hockey. Maybe maybe that's what we're seeing from Florida. Maybe that is what we're seeing from Florida. Uh, but, I, I think I doubt it. But as long as you don't hire Pete DeBoer, I think you win. And the next candidate, or like I, or another candidate, we'll talk about. Oh, there's, there's some two other guys, two guys on my list that they're just like we're gonna have to rethink this whole podcast if they're hired by the Panthers. Yeah, no, and I think I think a lot of the fan base probably agrees with our feelings on Pete DeBoer. Uh, in terms of pros and cons, the pro is he did make a cup final one time, and that's the end of the pros list. The cons are I think he's a bad coach. I don't think he can let a fire. He seems kind of boring, uninteresting, and unlikable. Unlikable and I would be the yeah. And I just don't think he's an all-around good coach, and I don't think he can get more out of this team than Andrew Burnett can. Exactly. I, I do think I do think he's a little more of an asshole than Brunette. Oh, I think he, I, he, I don't even think it's close. I think he's clear in the sense that he could light a fire under their asses, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think that he's so dislikable that nobody would want to follow him into battle. No, like you got you got to walk that line. That's what a good coach does. Yeah, like I imagine, like John Cooper can be a hard ass, but I guarantee you, everyone respects and likes John Cooper. John Cooper and Rob Brindamore are probably the best two yeah. NHL coaches out there right now with Jared Bednar. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, I think you're probably right. That's probably the best three NHL coaches out there right now. Yeah, probably. Uh, although I do like Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton. Quite. I know you do. I'm not a huge Jay Woodcroft fan for some reason. Oh, disagree. But Yeah, I know. Uh Next guy, Travis Green. What the fuck? Like, why are we? Di- why is Bill doing this? I understand being thorough, but at a certain point, like, it's just a waste of time. At the, at a certain point, you might as well interview us instead of Travis Green. I like, okay. that's how big. That's how big of a waste of time this is. Like, I think we would, if we're a coach in the Panthers, we would do on the ice just as good a job as Travis Green, and we would be marginally more likable off the ice. No, I think we'd be way more likable. Why well, do the bar is so low? Yeah. Right? Like, I don't like, – you look at Travis Green and what he's done. Like, he leaves Vancouver, and it was very clear the players did not like playing for Travis Green. They hated he, the dude. Yeah, he did make a conference final appearance with the Canucks, like, uh, in the bubble. But I think we can all pretty much unanimously agree that was Thatcher Demko's doing and no one else's. Still don't understand how that happened. It was Thatcher Demko. He went God mode for a couple weeks. Yeah. And that was that. Um, but, and then you look at how much Vancouver improved once Travis Green left. Everyone played better. The vibes were way higher. Like, that's the, I, I, like, as long as you don't hire Pete DeBoer or Travis Green, I'm okay. I'll be happy. Yeah. Like, realistically, like, those are the two where I'm like, like, they're obviously like I would have preferences of some other guys, but, those two, please no. Those two are the worst case scenario. That that is worst case scenario. Um, another interesting one though, Rick Tockett. Uh, didn't have a great run there in Arizona. Uh, 
assistant coach for two cup wins in Pittsburgh. Good player back in the day. Decent analyst. Yeah. Well, I think he's kind of like, he's, I think he's got a bit of torts in him. Like, I think he's got that bit of like old school light of fire, you know, hockey mentality to him. But I think he's got a bit of a gentler approach and a more likable approach. I think he he appreciates lacrosse goals more. Yeah. Like it's that kind of stuff. Right. Like I but, think he can I think he can walk the line. Like I actually think he's a decent candidate. But it's just it's similar to Burnett. I, I don't know. It's tough. You know, he got dealt a really tough hand in Arizona. Had a lot of success as an assistant coach. But, but it's a then, big step up. You were assistant coach. You weren't the yeah. main guy. You weren't the guy giving the speeches in the dressing room, you know? Yeah, like it's probably not the candidate I'm most excited about or would, you know, be the highest on my list. But I'm not, like, devastated if it's Rick Talkett, I don't think. No. Right. And I think especially, too, you have to remember when he was in Arizona uh, as well, as much as it didn't work out there, uh, John Chaika was their GM at the time. And there was a, you know, obviously a big focus on analytics. And he talked a lot about, you know, the kind of blending of analytics with the eye test and uh, integrating that into his coaching. So I actually think he's probably uh, a more forward thinking coach than uh, he might get credit for. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that you don't know. We Again, it's, it's hard to say because you don't know. Um, the last candidate we got here. Barry Trotz. How he's, unreal would that be? I want, like, when we talk about Barry Trotz, there is no denying Barry Trotz, you know, is an excellent coach, right? I don't think anyone thinks Barry Trotz is a bad coach, but he plays, he has the reputation of a very defensive system, right? Yeah. At the same time, though, he won a Stanley Cup with one of the greatest offensive players of the last 20 years in Alex Ovechkin. And Ovechkin had fine offensive numbers that year, so I don't know if that like I don't know if that reputation actually fits him that well. Like I think New York was just they had no offensive talent, so they had to play a really defensive system. Same thing from his time in Nashville, uh, but in Washington, like the results were there. Guys still had good offensive seasons, and I think you got a, a really complete effort from everyone on that roster, game in, game out, and throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, he, he is the best case scenario at this point. He is, he's the only one from the candidates we've spoken about that is above Andrew Brunette on my list. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I think fully, my list would go Trotz, Brunette, Talkit, and then no head coach. Yeah, just roll oh, for assistance. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Barry Trotz guy. I think he's, you know, a good guy. I think the players respect him. They like him. And he knows what it takes to win. Yeah. And knows what it takes to win recently as well, which is big. Yeah. I just, I don't want to get my hopes up because I don't think we have any chance of getting Trotz. No, I, 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 I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, I mean, the, the three teams I've seen being linked to trots like a little he- like more heavily have been Detroit, Nashville and Winnipeg obviously. Winnipeg. Well, and Winnipeg I do think <laughs> I do think he'll end up in Winnipeg. Yeah. Because I think for Winnipeg it's Barry Trots or rebuild. 
I, I actually, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think they're all in on Barry Trotz if they're going to try to win with this core. Like, you, you've got to think about how toxic <laughs> that dressing room is and that, like, you can't, it's not sustainable for a lot longer. So you're pretty much in that phase of you need to, you just need to win. And yeah. he's the guy. He, there's no other guy. He's your guy. And if you don't get him, just yeah. give up. Yeah, this guy, this man dragged two garbage Islanders teams to back-to-back conference finals, and they got fired for no reason. Yeah, after one bad year, in which, like, I mean, what do you want? Their team's bad. In, let, let, let's let's keep in mind, <clears throat> this is an Islanders <clears throat> team where Lou didn't do anything for like the past four seasons. GM of the year, though, he did but trade GM away Devon Taves. You trade away Devontae's because you can't afford to re-sign him, and you bring in Zach Parise. <coughs> like, makes sense. Makes sense. I, I I don't I don't quite understand that firing. There's a few firings that are, are a little uh, yeah. tougher to understand, right? And we talked about Bruce Cassidy last week. Um, so yeah, I think uh, like if you're Winnipeg, it's Barry Trotz or bust. And if you're Florida, it's like it'd be awesome to have Barry Trotz, but it's not the end of the world if you don't get him. Here's the other thing, too, I want to add. With Barry Trotz, there's one man who follows Barry Trotz everywhere he goes with every NHL team. Oh, this is your guy. It's Mitch Korn, the goalie guru. You look at the goalies under Mitch Korn and how good they are. Like Sam Sonoff. Not Sam. Yeah, the Holtby, Samsonov, Pekarine, Olaf Kozig, Farwamov, and Sorokin. Like, he gets good results out of goalies. Like, the guy just, he just does. So, if he comes along with Barry Trotz, and you'll keep in mind, like, the Panthers are also like kind of non committal right now to Rob Tallis, the goalie coach. Mm-hmm. You bring in Mitch Korn, you trade away Bobrovsky. Mitch Korn develops Spencer Knight into the guy. You bring in a so-so 1B type guy to back up Spencer Knight. You, you take the cap space. You, you, you keep some forwards around. You add a defenseman. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a pretty good spot. You really are. So, I, I mean, I'm a big Mitch Korn guy, so I would love for that to happen, but like, I think like, it's unlikely. I think, I think if, you're, if you're Florida, the – what you do and obviously it'd be awesome to have Barry Trotz at long term, but you're probably just paying for two, like let's say two seasons. It's the most that the owner will afford. I think that's, that's the approach that you should have with Barry Trotz is two or three season contract, not the, not four or five, like we've seen with Cassidy and Trotz. You give him two or three seasons because that's your win window, and you go from there. But do you think Barry Trotz can extend your win window? He probably can. Because he dragged those Islanders teams to the final. So even if the Panthers got to make some changes, I don't and blow know. It up for some there. for some reason, I I'm coming from the I'm coming from the uh, viewpoint that Barry wouldn't want long term for some reason. But I think you know South Florida is like one of those places you get to and you never want to leave. Old white dude in South Florida, he'd have an amazing time. Fits right in. Like, can you not picture like Barry Trotz like on a golf course driving around his little community? 
as I can. I definitely can. You'd be having an awesome time. Yeah. So, like, I, I would love to see Barry Trotz. I just – I don't see it happening. Exactly. Uh, but who knows? Long offseason. Well, that's going to happen. I'm sure some coaching candidates will come off the board by the time we record our next episode. Uh, I think next one will probably do some draft stuff because it's probably the last one we got before the draft. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, uh, thank you so much to everyone tuning in listening to the episode. Uh, appreciate it, as always. And we'll be back next week with a brand-new episode. We'll see you all then. Panthers are back on top.